0: So in this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about thinking outside the box like a Navy SEAL. Hey, you're going to not want to miss this one. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gerdes. Okay, so for a number of years, I think it was since about 1995 when I first read Bravo Two Zero about the uh, British Special Forces in uh, Desert Storm. Uh, I, I've, you know, read just about every book that crossed my path about uh, Special Forces, Navy SEALs, that kind of thing, just because I find their mentality so interesting. Um, I'm thinking of books like... Um, Fearless about Adam Brown, Lone Survivor, uh, No Easy Day, American Sniper, Extreme Ownership. And and, um, I came across a book called The Operator. This was a book by the guy that killed Osama bin Laden, his name is Rob O'Neill. And uh, Rob O'Neill is telling his memoir and he's walking his way. As most of these do, they all go through their process of being made. I mean, the, the buds process and other training. So he's talking about um, buds. If you don't know what buds is, it's, it's like seal, it's like boot camp for seals, but it's not boot camp. It's like a hundred times harder. And the seals all have to go through this excruciating process okay so he's talking about an inspection at one of these points and I I just I read this passage and I thought there is a lesson here okay so I'll, I'll give you an overview of what happened and then we'll go into the lesson so Uh, He's talking about an inspection. He says that that he had an inspection PT at five o'clock as usual. Inspection was at 730. So they had some time to go back and put on their inspection uniform. This is a different uniform than their normal uniform. It's very crisp. It shined all that kind of thing. Uh, so they made sure that their bunks were ready. The room was spotless. They had uh, gotten everything, you know, so you couldn't find a speck of dirt anywhere. Okay, so the room's ready for inspection. Uh, they can see the reflection in their in the floor, in their boots, and uh, their lockers are open. Then the instructors come in. Now, they're on the third or fourth floor. They can hear the instructors going through the the first floor, the second floor, and the third floor, so they know what's coming, right? Um, they they know, they can hear the instructors barking at other people. They can hear them sending them out and, uh, to do, you know, push-ups and, and go out and get wet in the ocean and whatever else, whatever torture they're going to be doing. Um, so they think like if everything goes well, the instructor is going to come in, they'll inspect the lockers while noticing that everything is in alphabetical order, that our uniforms are in line. They'll see our vests, check our CO2 cartridges, an actuator, and a techno corrosion. They'll tell us that we were model students in the best buds class ever and that we were free to change out for the next evolution. No, that's not how it's going to work. So what actually does happen is they come in like a hurricane before he can even say, like somebody's supposed to say, room is, uh, so-and-so is ready for inspection before he can even get the word room out. The Inspec- inspector just has them dropping, doing push-ups and yelling at them and screaming, whatever. Okay, this is part of the the process. Okay, it says the line of instructors comes rolling in. One actually came in with a jar full of sand, threw it at the ceiling and yelled, how did sand get on the ceiling <laughs> and then of course if sand's on the ceiling it's on the immaculate floor it's all over the beds whatever they spilt salt water on the equipment and then punished them for rust that hasn't happened yet okay so they were beat for future rust uh they're stepped on their boots and told them they were not shiny enough uh all kinds of things and then they're told to go hit the surf that is go lie down in the water uh in their inspection uniforms and uh Uh, Okay, so all of that was just part of a head game because they're they're teaching them. So now O'Neill didn't say this in his book, but um, in uh, Lone Survivor, one of the things that the Marcus Luttrell wrote in there was he was talking about how, look, they're trying to teach us life is unfair and to and to help us understand not only that it is but to endure that unfairness and not quit and i thought you know that's there's something pretty brilliant about that that process so seals are a different breed right so here's the seal ethos it says the navy seal air and land teams also known as navy seals are the u.s navy's special operations force and are trained to operate in all environments for which they are named in times of war or uncertainty there is a special breed of warrior ready to answer our nation's call common citizens with an uncommon desire to succeed forged by adversity they stand alongside america's finest special operations forces to serve their country the american people and protect their way of life i am that warrior my trident is a symbol of honor and heritage bestowed upon me by the heroes that have gone before it embodies the trust of those i have sworn to protect by wearing a trident i accept the responsibility of my chosen profession and its way of life it is a privilege that i must earn every day My loyalty to my country and team is beyond reproach. I humbly serve as a guardian to my fellow Americans, always ready to defend those who are unable to defend themselves. I do not advertise the nature of my work, nor seek recognition for my actions. I voluntarily accept the inherent hazards of my profession, placing the welfare and security of others before my own. I serve with honor on and off the battlefield. The ability to control my emotions and my actions, regardless of circumstances, sets me apart from others. Uncompromising antiquity is my standard. My character and my honor are steadfast. My word is my bond. We expect to lead and be led. In the absence of orders, I will take charge, lead my teammates, and accomplish the mission. I lead by example in all situations. Now, here's the part that I'm going for. The next the next word say... I will never quit. I persevere, and I thrive on adversity. My nation expects me to be physically harder and mentally stronger than my enemies. If knocked down, I will get back up every time. I will draw on every remaining ounce of strength to protect my teammates and to accomplish our mission. I am never out of the fight. I will never quit. Okay, so... Um, of course, you're going to get this abuse in, uh, in the inspection. It's, nev- it's never going to be fair. And that was it was geared that way. So O'Neill started thinking outside the box. He had this idea. He said what they did was they went to the store be- between then and the next inspection and they purchased a whole bunch of contraband, uh, cans of Copenhagen, Power Bars, Snickers, Cookies, um Gatorade uh they hung pictures of girls in their lockers and when the inspection started uh they could hear the racket on the first floor the second floor the third floor and so when the inspection came uh when the inspectors came to the room they had Tupac playing on the stereo and the pack of inspectors came into the room and the first one the first inspector now they're seals as well they're they are seals they've been through all the same training the first instructor stopped in his tracks he heard the music and he was he was just stunned like that shouldn't be what's going on. Another froze behind him and they didn't say anything. Now, O'Neill writes that he was scared to death. He was going, well, what's going, you know, like what's going to happen? Maybe we overshot here because, <laughs> and we're going to get in even worse trouble. But um, that's not what happened. The first instructor said, that's entirely too little volume for Tupac, and then (laughs) told the first guy that he came across to dance, and told the others to start dancing, and they they just, they had never seen anything like it, and they just had a good, you know, walked around inspecting things, and couldn't believe that all this stuff was out there, like one was running his finger across a windowsill, and a Snickers bar fell on him, (laughs) you know, and so they, recognized the genius in what they did in that inspection and they they passed inspection. I mean they <laughs> they were they were told on the way out, "Congratulations, you passed inspection." And Rob O'Neill's takeaway was don't be afraid to think outside the box. There is never a perfect plan. Impossibilities only exist until somebody does it. We thought this way, gave it a shot, and won. Mission success. All right, so that is what I want to communicate with you. Think outside the box. Think differently. Be willing to take chances. And with that comes the quotation for contemplation for today. It comes from Bob Iger, the former chairman of Walt Disney. He said the riskiest thing we can do is just maintain the status quo. You know, he's probably right. You know, you just trying to maintain the status quo. In a changing world, doesn't work very well. You've got to change with the new information that you now have so that you can meet the next big challenge. All right, that's it. That's all that I have. Thank you for your time, and I hope that helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow.